Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is Jay Cal, and joining me today are the originals as we celebrate 15 years of excellence in podcasting, uh, DKM, Jaden. Gentlemen, I do want to uh, talk about this on Tuesday, but I wanted to thank you guys. For those of you who don't know, Jaden and DKM and myself used to all participate on the old NWA forums on the old NWAWrestling.com website. That is where we uh, first linked up. And when I first started doing the podcast, uh, Jaden was the first person who asked if, if I needed help and jumped on board and DCAM shortly thereafter came up, came up on the show and we went from one guy who didn't know what the hell he was talking about to three guys who don't know what the hell that they're talking about. And we've been doing it for 15 years since. So Jaden DCAM, thanks for everything, pals. If I, if I think correctly, I think I didn't ask you. I think I just showed up. Yeah, you did. And honestly, it was more fun talking to you than to be by myself. And uh, DK was like the first call-in on that show, which was really nice because I'm like, well, there's somebody calling from Texas. Let's bring them on. And it was DKM. And uh, I'm looking at the chat here real quick. want to say what's up to our pal uh, Willie. Willie's in the house. Mr. James Bell is here. Jeremy wrestling with the MMA, Media M5. Uh, yeah. Am I missing? Oh, and our pal James, James H. Jackson, the original James, the new James and the old James. That doesn't sound right. The original James. What's up, everybody? Uh, like I said, this is a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. Although most of the information you're seeing up there has to do with Southern California professional wrestling independent scene and uh, United Wrestling Network. I hope to be posting more NWA news and information soon. We also have new merch available in the merch shop. Uh, merch link is in the bio. We do have these super cool, super rad Alliance mugs. And I love these so much because my fat hand actually can fit right in. See, look at that. It's beautiful. Dave Scooby's in the house. Uh, I, I know, Jaden, uh, I know you're under the weather, but we did want to get our, our dog report. The upcoming event is happening this Saturday, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiator in Rustic, Glassboro, New Jersey. Can you give us some update on the event card? Well, yeah, I'm probably going to retire the Rustic part today because I'll call for three hours after I say that. But <laughs> Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators has this event coming up on Saturday night, October 22nd. That is, again, this Saturday night at the Max Fit Sports Center located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful Glassboro, New Jersey. You get to see the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Heavyweight Championship match as Busky Eric Martin 
defends against Nikos Rikos, the Greek terror himself. You also get to see a, a career versus loser leave town match as Alpha Dog Adam Chandler puts his career in wrestling on the line as he takes on his former best friend, Ty Thomas, who's putting who will leave town if he leaves. He'll leave Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. There'll also be a World Wrestling Grand Prix Heavyweight Championship will be on the line. You'll see the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Tag Team Championship. The WWGP Championship is going to be defended against Chris Steeler. And the obviously the Dog Tag Team Champions are the crowd favorites, the old school empire. They will each be defending. You'll get to see all kinds of great professional wrestling and all that, plus Daredevil Dave Dahl. This Saturday, Max Fit Sports Center, 240 Delcy Drive South. Make sure to check out our YouTube page. There was a match just added right now. It is a World Wrestling Grand Prix Championship match between Chris Steeler and Adam Chandler. It is on the website. It's on the uh, YouTube page right now. Just uploaded about a half an hour ago. And make sure to check out all the information at dogprowrestling.com. And if you are within traveling distance, that includes Dave Scooby, you hear me? You're within traveling distance. Make sure you go to this dog event on Saturday night, October 22nd, this Saturday. You're only going to need the very edge of the seat, but I'm still going to charge you 20 bucks for the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I just put that match link in the chat. Uh, you guys can just click on that link if, if you like to see some more uh, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. And if you haven't done so yet, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to that uh, channel get the notifications because they quite literally in the last month have pr produced like what, I think 10 matches on the channel, maybe even more. And uh, honestly, it's good wrestling. You're, it's not going to insult your intelligence. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's very simple, but it's, it's great wrestling. You know, we saw uh, Damian Wayne emerge from uh, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Uh, most recently, Ray Jazz, who's having a lot of success, uh, you know, cut his teeth right there at uh, Dog. So I, I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a great product. If you can't be there to see it live, uh, jump on the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button and watch the matches because I, I think you will enjoy the product. You should be there live for sure, and then go and watch the YouTube matches afterwards. And yeah. don't forget, there's other wrestlers you might have heard of, like Chance Prophet, yes. Lince Dorado, Anthony Nice, um, Tokyo uh, Monster Cahagas. Cahagas, with and without the N. Yeah, he was been there. There's some NWA names you might recognize. Dirty Money. Some extremely talented wrestlers. Uh, from WWE, WCW, ECW, Impact Wrestling, and, of course, the National Wrestling Alliance. So make sure you go check it out. You get to see the top superstars and the number one wrestling promotion in all of South Jersey, which, again, sounds like a little bit until you realize South Jersey's got more wrestling promotions than, than uh, I don't know, I couldn't think funny. I'm sick. <laughs> uh, the entire state of Texas. The entire state of Texas. There you go. I mean, it is a very densely populated area of professional wrestling, um, not unlike the state of Texas, not unlike California, but in a much smaller geographical location. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of stuff stuffed in that sausage that's known as South Jersey. Yeah, but you don't want to see how the sausage is made. So, 
You don't want to see a lot of those promotions in South Jersey either. The dog <laughs> is one you want to see. Uh, very well. Very good. Thanks, Jane. Um, Jane, if you, uh, you need to drop out for any reason, just uh, go ahead and drop out. But until then, you're we'd love to have you in the chat so you can give us that perspective from inside the uh, booking office, inside the, uh, the uh, backstage area of your expertise in pro wrestling. Um, we do know there is some news coming out of the NWA this week. Of course, uh, a lot more of the championship matches have been announced for the pay-per-view. We'll get into those momentarily. Uh, but we do uh, have a title defense scheduled uh, next month for uh, our pal uh, Trevor Murdoch. He will be heading to the 23rd anniversary of World League Wrestling, where he will be stepping into the ring with Moses, the Deliverer. Now, I, I have no idea who Moses the Deliverer is. I've never seen him wrestle. I don't know who he is, uh, but I'm, I'm assuming he's some of the one of the top prospects of uh, WLW. He gets an opportunity to step in the ring with Trevor Murdoch for the 10 pounds of gold. And like Matt Cardona it continues to announce on social medias, this will be the first title match Trevor Murdoch has had since the 74th anniversary show. Uh, DK, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, our title the 10 pounds of gold, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, uh, used to be known as the real traveling championship of pro wrestling. It used to go all over the world. And now that we are coming up against the next pay-per-view, that title hasn't been defended in three months. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm not happy about it, but not surprised about it either. Trevor Murdoch didn't defend a lot during his first reign. He's not an overly active pro wrestler at this point in his life in general. So unless the NWA is going to be out doing lots of cards, I wouldn't expect to see him make lots of title defenses. Uh, you know, how much does it matter? I don't know. I honestly don't remember how much Cardona defended outside the NWA. He took the title with him a lot of places, but I don't remember how many actual title defenses he had. Somebody in the chat can probably know or look that up or whatever. So, uh, what Luthez points out, you know, you can't defend Buck. So, yeah, you know, the question is, are people reaching out to book him or not? And I'm, but I don't think. Sorry, this chair is bothering me. I don't think that uh, he's hustling in the way that uh, somebody like Adam Pierce did when Pierce was champion. So real quick, just to answer your question, Cardona defended against Aldis uh, a month after winning the championship at the Crockett Cup. Um, the next day at the TV tapings, he defended against the Pope. And then uh, in April, had a defense against Richard Holiday at the uh, AWS 16th anniversary show. Originally, that was supposed to be Davey Richards. Holiday came in when Richards tested positive for COVID, I believe. So uh, there was a he had those four matches, and then I'm not sure when he got hurt, but uh, I know it was during um, I think it was during WrestleMania weekend, wasn't it? No, that's not accurate. I don't remember. But nevertheless, he did have a handful of defenses and, and probably would have had some more, too, until he got injured. And obviously that put the kebab on that. 
So, I mean, did you, know, you did you say the kebab? Yeah. Is it the kibosh? Sure. Okay, I wasn't sure. And I want kebabs. DK, can you make me some kebabs, please? Uh, actually, I can, but you'll have to come here to eat them. Uh, it'll be a while before I get there. I'll keep them warm. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the number one person to blame for the title not be defended more is Billy. Yeah, and, and uh, Dave Scooby just said that. Is it the office who decides? Have them defended at least once a month. You know, and that's the problem when you have a show that's taped in the course of two days for like six months or not six months. That's that's an exaggeration for three months of programming, two tapings. Um, can Trevor Murdoch wrestle twice in, in two days? Sure, he could. But they have so much stories that they want to tell and so much stuff they need to do that honestly, it would be better for the NWA if if the that world champion was more akin to Adam Pierce and just literally didn't even bother with the TV tapings and, and show up for the pay-per-views, pal. Go get yourself booked all across the world. Show up for the pay-per-views. Um, I mean, you know, can send, they can send in interviews that are being put in there. That's yeah, what Adam I, Pierce used to do, again. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, and the thing about it is, like, when you look back at the old days of wrestling – and it, like specifically like a promotion like the World Wrestling Federation or I guess Worldwide Wrestling Federation, you know, Bob Backlund would go in for TV and then fly to like Australia for a month or fly, you know, to L.A. for a month or, you know, he would, would go out and defend the title um, and then be back in time for TV tapings. Well, you know, there was a time when especially like the NWA champion when he was going to different territories and stuff like that. But even, even small run territories like world class became, you know, you still wrestled, you know, anywhere from five to eight times a week, depending on how many spot shows were out there. And so, you know, you brought the champion in, you tended to book him at all your cards. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Tyrus parted a seven layer of chocolate cake. <laughs> sorry, Willie's on it today already. That made me laugh. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. But, yeah, I mean, again, th this is going to be the weakness of Murdoch. Murdoch's not just, I think, real into being a big active wrestler. And so, but they've got the title on them now. They got him on it better than they did the first time, you know, so let well, him, let him run with it. Just, you know, if, if he didn't have any title defenses at the TV tapings, that's not his fault. Nope. And so when we go, well, Cardona defended at the pay-per-view and then two times at the tapings or whatever. Okay. That's because he was booked that way. Yeah, you're, you're not saying anything that's not true. Um, we know that Trevor, in his first run as champion, uh, I mean, he, he did have that opportunity to wrestle uh, that charity show. That that match eventually made it to YouTube on the Pope's channel. Um, and then, uh, oh, 
Oh wait, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong Trevor Murdoch. I want to see that one. Uh, he also had an uh, against Gangrel, and then he had those two defenses against Mike Knox. Had one defense in uh, SICW against Attila Khan. It, it's a shame that you know you look back at Trevor Murdoch's first run as champion, and we all said, "Man, that was soft." And man, if you would have just got more title matches, and now we're in a second run, and most of us feel like he's doing a good job as champion, but he hasn't really even defended the belt. He won the title in August of uh, 2021, and he had a, a defense in uh, December. Or excuse me, for, uh, yeah, December 1st, December 4th, December 6th, January 1st, February 12th, when he lost it. So, I mean, he was averaging basically a title defense a month there, wasn't he? Pretty yeah. close. And, and he hasn't had a, uh, he's had one, uh, not even one defense as, as champion right now, right? Or one defense uh, against uh, Tyrus at the pay-per-view. So since June, since he won it, you know, almost six months ago, uh, he's had one title defense. To play the devil's advocate, Tyrus is big enough as like 10 or 11 people. <laughs> You're welcome, Willie Bowen. <laughs> they do have a point. Yeah. And he has actually wrestled on TV some. He wrestled against the Pope and he wrestled oh yeah, who else was it? There was somebody else he's wrestled on TV. And he wrestled against, I think it was Brady Pierce. Where he just like really snotted the kid. Remember? Yeah. But I mean, my point is like he was against the Pope. That could have been a title defense, but should have been didn't have it be one. They could have put him in a title match against Somebody, you know, I don't know why, but James Jackson says, I feel to do what Aldous did during the Aldous Crusade. He said, Indies, he was booked on, asked, Can we make it a title match? So the light bulb went off and they made it so. I know that there are people asking for those title matches too, though. And that's the thing. The Aldous Crusade was a little bit different because the NWA did not have the exposure or the reach that it has currently. Because it didn't have its own weekly programming. It wasn't even doing monthly pay-per-views or quarterly pay-per-views. Um, they were really resting on the backs of championship wrestling from Hollywood. And it had not been for Dave Marquez, you know, they, that 10 pounds of gold would never got off the ground because they had no place to film anything. Um, you know, it started off with Tim and then eventually Nick. But having that base of championship wrestling from Hollywood, allowing them to film matches there, tape segments there, um, introduce new characters like Josephus and all that stuff. Uh, is really what kept that 10 pounds of gold rolling and kind of kept Nick Aldis, uh, gave him some sort of form of spotlight before they started doing pay-per-views. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of those, the, his European or, uh, what do you call it? His British tour was already set up before he won the title. So I think one or two promotions added him afterwards. And then he got some with, you know, the opportunity with Marquez to go to China. And then I don't remember if Australia was already set up or not. But again, no, that, that happened because of Tommy Dreamer in the House of Hardcore. And I think Tommy has been very positive of Nick Aldis in the NWA, both as a wrestler and as champion, and really put him over whenever he has an opportunity to put him over. But I also feel like there was a, 
opportunities for them to have matches, uh, you know, that were meaningful because of that title. So, I, you know, it's a double-edged sword, of course, but I, I really feel like, you know, they should be doing something different. Whatever they're doing right now, I don't feel like it, it does a good job of representing what that NWA should mean. Again, you know, I get in trouble when I think it what it should mean because that's my opinion, not necessarily Billy's opinion. But at this point in the game, I just don't see what the benefit is of having Trevor sit at home instead of going out there and making title matches. Yeah, because, you know, again, the more you can get the name out there, the more you can get activity out there, the better. And Luthez, uh, what would Luthez do says, I can almost guarantee Murdoch makes more in a month from his real world job than he makes in one year from the NWA. And to that, I say that's problematic. Um, I get it that the NWA is still a part-time wrestling promotion. I get the fact of the matter is that they, they do quarterly TV tapings and quarterly pay-per-views. But if your world's heavyweight champion is, is you know, I, I don't have a problem with him having a day job. But if his day job takes precedent over his wrestling career, which is supposed to, you know, the NWA, we're also supposed to believe that this is one of the most premier wrestling promotions on the face of God green earth. And he can't make a decent living in the NWA. That's, that's extremely problematic to me. Well, I've been told before, but I don't remember what he does in real life. And, uh, you know, it actually wouldn't surprise me a lot of wrestlers that have, you know, full-time jobs. Yeah. If that's not the case, that they're, real life job out base or their uh, wrestling thing. But again, I definitely make more for my full-time job than I, Dr. Zirconium pays me. I think I need a raise. Well, that's because Dr. Zirconium pays you in, in Trident gum. That is not true. Pays me in Doritos. <laughs> that's hey, that's a sweet gig if you ask me. Cool um, Ranch or Nacho Cheese? I'm a- the uh, the sweet and savory ones are the, the ones I don't like that much. That's what he gives me. <laughs> That's son of a bitch. Uh, bastard. But anyway, uh, back to the real world for a second. Maybe. Maybe not. I think, uh, you know, again, if it's perception, the NWA plays the game that all their tapings aren't held in over a two-day period and they stretch it out like it's actually happening so put two title defenses in those two days you know one on first day and one on second and you should be able to get a title defense a month in there i was about to say how do they do that when all the audience wears the same clothes but i've actually been to wrestling events where that probably has happened so never mind (laughs) well Okay, so as somebody who takes showers regularly, if you see me in championship wrestling from Hollywood, I'm pretty much wearing the same thing at every show, which is an Alliance shirt, an Alliance hat, and usually some sort of shorts. So I, too, kind of fall into that category, un, uh, un, not intentionally. Well, next time wear your uh, zoo shirt so that we can all spot you. Yeah. Or what about the ham sandwich jabroni shirt? You should wear that next time. You know... Design flaw, design flaw on that shirt. When I made it, I purposely wanted it to look a little weathered, and so like I, I made it a very light color uh, logo in it. And the 
after I went through the wash a couple times, it's pretty much gone. So it just says ham sandwich. You don't even see the damn sandwich anymore. The Alliance logo is all tore up. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I've I've learned not to get sh shirts that look weathered because I've had the same thing. It's like, oh, they look so cool when you first get them, and then you wash them. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> like it's just a black shirt now. It says ham sandwich. Yeah, a lot of typical wrestling fans don't wash their stuff, so that's probably why they look brand new. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, <clears throat> James Bell says uh, Jack Stane would be a good champion, especially with his manager so active on social media. Yeah, I I want to second that love for Chris Silvio. That dude is really putting in some work on social media. Um, he interacts with the fans. Uh, when you say Jack Stane, you now have to say Jack Stane TM or the Dane event TM. So, uh, but I, I like Jack Stane anyway. So I think I'm always partial to that yeah. conversation, TM. Thank you. Um, Willie Bowen says uh, Jack Stane versus Trevor Murdoch would be a great match. Jaden, if you could pick one opponent for uh, Mr. Trevor Murdoch in the NWA, who would you pick? In I know the NWA? Yeah, in the NWA. If you could handpick one person in the NWA and put in the ring with Trevor Murdoch for the 10 pounds of gold, let's say it's for a Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiator event, who would you pick? If it was going to be in dog, I'd actually pick Aldous because he would be the biggest draw. But if I'm going to do it for the NWA, <clears throat> I'd probably do either Jack Stane or the Pope. All right. Same question to you, DK. Who would you put in there? Well, it depends on the purpose of the match. <laughs> to have a good, a good entertaining match. Uh, Pope would probably be first, and then my top three would be Pope, Dane, and then uh, probably someone along the lines of. Uh, not necessarily Caprice Coleman, but somebody along that line. That's 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 pretty cool. That's that's someone I hadn't thought of. I think if it were me, um, I think I echo the sentiment of Jack Stane. Obviously, I really like the Pope as well. Um, but I here's here's my uh, dangling carrot. The someone who I think could probably draw a crowd, and that would be a uh, Bully Ray. Not because I think they could have a good match, but I think Bully Ray could sell some tickets. Probably. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that concept. Not a I, changed my, I changed my answer. I know who I would like to see Trevor Murdoch go in the ring with. Yes. Billy Corgan. <laughs> hey, too bad Vince isn't still around. Too bad who isn't? Vince. He died? Vince died? Maybe. No. He... he he, he probably thinks he's dead since he can't do wrestling anymore. But, uh, you know, we could do a match of Roman Reigns, uh, Vince, uh, Moxley, and Tony. And, and uh, what's his name? Trevor against Vince and Khan and uh, Billy. Who would you get to represent Impact? Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander. Wrestling. I mean, I actually 
when I watch Impact, the only part I care about is when he's on, which I don't watch Impact much at all. So there's a few, you know what? We joke around with Impact. There's a few people that are high quality talent that are not known because they're in the uh, Impact zone. I was going to call it the Bermuda Triangle, but that actually works just as well. But like Steve, um, no, not Steve Carino. <laughs> Jay, you ignorant slut. <laughs> Moose would be another one. Yeah, I think Moose. Oh man! And look, I know this is an NWA show. Moose to me is one of these guys who is like such a diamond in the rough, and had a great year at Impact as champion. And I don't feel like they really. I don't feel like they could spotlight him the way they should. And I imagine if he showed up into the WWE and they put him right to the front of the line and put him in the ring with Roman Reigns, I think you could generate a lot of heat with that guy. Now, unfortunately, he's not super well-known outside of the impact circles, but I really think that guy's super talented. Yeah, there's a lot of – there's actually surprising amounts of impact people that could be – with a bigger spotlight and a better booker could be something I think really high quality. Uh, that means I should stay away from the NWA. <laughs> hey, Jane, though, that actually brings out an interesting question. Let's hear it. Uh, if you look at something like Impact, mm-hmm. even going back to its TNA roots, it's a show that's been poorly booked for years and years and years and years and years. But they've had multiple people in charge of booking. So is it just a case of once something goes downhill, it's almost impossible to, you know, roll that stone back up? Or is it just proof of how hard it is to book? Or both? Are you asking me or are you asking Jaden? Both. I'll answer first. Um, I think it's a combination of all. Um, remember when Impact started, it was, well, TNA started, right? It was Jerry Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. And they've gone through so much different changes with ownership and bookings that people don't want to invest in that company. And I don't mean money, I mean time. Um, I, I watched almost the first, the first, Five shows I, I paid for. I watched when they first were that uh, the the uh, TNA uh, total nonstop action on pay-per-view, the weekly pay-per-views. I bought like the first five uh, shows of that. And, and then I didn't because it was, you know, kind of got expensive after a while. But uh, when they were on Fox, uh, Fox Sports, I, I tuned in every week and I really enjoyed the programming. You had like Samoa Joe in the X Division. You had Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Raven, Rhino. I mean, the, the show was pretty good. They had great talent. Some of the storylines were a little wonky, but it, for the most part, it was good. Even when they were on uh, Paramount or TNT or whatever it was called, uh, not TNT, TNN, no, uh, Spike. Spike, that's what it was. Uh, TNN, even, Spike, Paramount. Yeah, even when they were on Spike, it was, it was still pretty, for the most part, a pretty good show. Uh, you know, they brought in Kurt Angle, they had Christian Cage, they, you know, they never had a shortage of superstars that appeared on that program, but like you said, like, the booking kind of got a little out of hand, and then uh, the more hands-on that Dixie Carter became, I, I feel like it really rubbed people the wrong way, 
And it doesn't matter who's booking. It doesn't matter who's on the show. If people have tuned out, they're done. And I think it's really hard. Once you alienate an audience, I think it's really hard to get them back. When you dig a hole and you dig the dirt out of the hole and you keep digging lower and lower and lower and lower, you can't dig yourself back up as easily. You actually have to kind of dig around and go in and take a longer way back up. So that's what the problem is when you dig your hole with a bad booker. It takes so much more effort to kind of get that back. And to a point, all the people that you lost, you're going to point, they'll never come back. So all you can do now is try to get new people. You don't even have that base that you have to work with. So that's why the TNA impact right now is the hole that they dug themselves into. And the fact that you actually have to be part of the witness protection program to get their uh, television station. Wait. Hi. Oh, look at me. That's where you gotta wait. Oh, hi. Oh, here. Come here. <laughs> What's your name? Hi, Bert. Say hi, G- hi, DK. Hi, Jaden. Hi, DK. Hi, Jaden. Bye, bye. Hey, wait, wait. See, DK, <laughs> we're gonna see him when we go to New Orleans. Oh. All right. Bye. Bye. How much do I have to pay for her to hit you with a coconut? What's that? How much do I have to pay to hit you with a coconut? And even though we're out, out of the toys, I got one. Sorry. Just like uh, the, the hot rod herself, she likes to steal the show. Well, that's because you uh, didn't change the question, so she knows all the answers. I'm not going to let her paint half of her face black. I'm not going to let her do that. Whiner. <laughs> I got McDonald's. I didn't. Actually, actually, that's not true. I had it for lunch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had a very healthy breakfast of two pumpkin poppets from uh, Tasty Cake or whoever makes them. Oh, Tasty Cake is tasty. I try not to eat that stuff, though, because it's not good for my... Uh, my Fearless finger? My godlike body, you know, Buddha. Well, it, it was the only thing that didn't make me want to. Didn't make me want to. Didn't give me the same feeling as watching NWA wrestling. Yeah, well, uh, Willie Bowen says the biggest mistake Impact Wrestling did was letting Hogan and Bischoff into their promotion. There might be some truth to that. I, I think yeah. having. I, mean, I would agree that was probably the biggest mistake. I think having Russo come into it after Spike explicitly said not to was a pretty big deal too. Didn't that literally cost them their deal with uh, with Paramount? As they said, we don't want anything to do with Vince Russo, and he was secretly booking the show for a while. Yeah, that's pretty much what did. And if you remember, though, the prior period to Hogan and Bischoff taking off when Scott Demore was booking. That was the highlight, in my opinion, the absolute echelon of Impact Wrestling of TNA. Well, isn't isn't Scott D'Amore booking now, and and he's got agents like Tommy Dreamer, and uh, I know D'Lo recently left the company, but he was involved backstage for a while, too. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes things work well the first time, don't work well the second time. I I keep hearing positive things about uh, Impact. I, I really do. I just don't watch it. I don't want to pay a bucket to watch it each week on YouTube and I don't have access. So I quite literally don't have access. So it's not, it doesn't come across to me, but you know, I I don't have, I don't have cable in my home. So everything I watch is through streaming services. So if I want to catch up with WWE, I have the Peacock and 
you know, most of what um, uh, AEW does, they put on YouTube anyways. You could go pretty much keep up with the shows just by watching YouTube videos. Um, you know, when you impact, uh, you have to pay for play. It's kind of hard when you're in, you're, you're in such a, there's such a, so much content available for pro wrestling and some of it is free. It makes it hard for me to believe like anybody would like to pay for that, you know? Yeah. Instead of paying a dollar, you should go to the dog YouTube page and get all its content for free. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, so let's talk, uh, well, <laughs> DK's off. So we, we'll, we'll, we'll kill a little bit more time before he comes back, before we start talking about the pay-per-view, because I know they're not pay-per-view, but the, the TV show, because I know you didn't even see that, Jaden. Um, yeah, I'm but... ill enough. You're trying to kill me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not trying to kill you. I just think, um, I just think it's funny that, uh, what, uh, <laughs> He took off at the wrong time. <laughs> you should have took off 10 minutes ago. We were starting talking about impact. Uh, when, when you, okay. So we asked you the question and I think that was a fun question who we thought should challenge Jack Dane, excuse me, who should challenge Trevor Murdoch for the 10 pounds of gold. If you could determine who would, if, if we're saying for a dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiator show, because I know you help on the uh, scout talent for that company. If you could, have a host a women's championship match and you had to pick somebody from the nwa to challenge camille who would you pick well first of all the dog doesn't have shows it has events god damn it yeah you're right <laughs> you're right honestly there's there's nobody in this area that's physically opposing enough to take on camille so i'd have to think a little more outside so i guess the problem is Deanna Peraza was incredibly talented and originally from New Jersey. So much smaller. Yeah. But I that might be a good David and Goliath type uh, gimmick for you, though, too. That is true. Um, if money wasn't an issue, um, Mickey James would probably draw the best. Oh, for sure. But, but I would also say just for the just for the fact of the attention, I would choose um, Tessa Blanchard. Oh yeah, I mean, like, look, that's that is like some radioactive heat. Uh, that that that's that's dangerous territory. Um, you don't want to you don't want to alienate any fan bases, but at the same time, you know she's a she's an amazing wrestler. Um, yes. Well, that's just that there's only about seven or eight people in dogs fandom that actually would know who she is <laughs> uh, we, we get a lot of casual fans of dangerous and drum wrestling gladiators a lot of families so but the attention that it would bring i think would be tremendous at least would get a lot of views on youtube well, sometimes hey, there'll be hate views but still let, let's 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 not uh for one minute uh, disregard the fact that uh William Patrick Corgan has not shied away from any talent, you know, using Austin Aries, using Flip Gordon, using uh, Tyrus, you know, people who uh, EC3, people who generally in the past have been um, heat, uh, the wrong kind of heat guys. Uh, I mean, hell, even Tom Latimer used to have a really bad reputation in pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, he's never shied away from using talents like that. 
I don't know. I don't know what would happen to the locker room if Tessa Blanchard showed up in the NWA. I don't. I don't know what would happen. It would draw attention. It would. But- and sometimes that's and sometimes that's the biggest thing is just drawing attention. I mean, look, uh, it didn't pan out for them, but the women of wrestling, the modern day glow that's being backed by Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, uh, literally had uh, Tessa Blanchard slated to be a part of this program. And it generated a hell of a lot of buzz for them. At the last minute, they 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 broke it off. But I, I know a lot of people were talking about it, not necessarily in a positive way, but even, if it, even in negativity, sometimes it, it can kind of bring people in. I have a friend of mine, his name is Fred Rubenstein, and he loves controversy. The problem is you have to also know uh, the right kind of controversy and how to turn that controversy into cash. There's an old misnomer, the belief that controversy creates cash, and that's not true. Properly taking advantage of controversy uh, creates cash, and it has to, again, be the right kind of controversy. Yeah, for sure. If Billy Corgan found was recently found out to be on the uh, the uh, list of of Epstein, I don't think he could turn that controversy into anything positive. No, no, I think anything anything remotely close to that, and just pack it up, you're done, you're done. Billy Bowen says that she's toxic and not a very nice person behind the scenes. Wrestlers weren't generally very nice people behind the scenes in the old days. And they they uh, still weren't. I know there's a lot, lot of assholes in the business. There's an absolute bunch of scumbags in this business. Some of them haven't been even been outed yet. But, uh, yeah, it, it, if you took out all the scumbags in wrestling, we'd have one promotion. It would be about 20 wrestlers. <laughs> and, and and I have a – look, I, I was talking to my wife about this just yesterday. I'm like, there's a lot of guys in the, in the world of professional wrestling – who I think are great dudes. I've met them. I've talked to them. I've had conversations with them. Some of them I've had meals with. Some of them we've hung out. Uh, but I would say about 50% of the people that I've met in wrestling, I would not even bring around my, my kids, my, my wife. I wouldn't bring them around because they're not good people. And I'm not saying that they're all, you know, shitty people. But, like, look, this is just like anything else in life. There's good people. There's bad people. And just because, you know, so-and-so is a jerk doesn't mean he can't or she can't do their job properly. And in, in the case of professional wrestling, sometimes they could do their job even better. I think I've said on this bro- broadcast before that if I had a big company, I can make a million dollars or a couple million dollars off of all scenarios. It just wouldn't be worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I you know, Austin Aries is someone that I've seen for a long, long time. Uh, you know, he used to be uh, out here in Southern California, uh, you know, with, with pro wrestling gorilla and pro wrestling uh, epic. And uh, he, he did some matches out here a long, long time ago and great matches. But the things that he says on the Internet, he, he has no sensor. He has no filter. He just says whatever he's thinking. And, and that can be problematic. And that's a problem with social media is that uh, everyone's willing to expose who they are on social media and then wonder why they can't get a job in one of the big companies or, or find it difficult to get booked. Well, because nobody wants to be around you. Why their coworkers punching them in the face. 
Speaking of somebody nobody wants to be around. Hi, DK. Hey. <laughs> I can go again. <laughs> I'm only messing with you. No, we don't want you to go because we want to talk some wrestling. Well, I heard that you want to talk about power, so I stayed gone longer. Uh, that's why we waited for you. <laughs> we could have done inventory yeah. without you. I was, I was hoping you'd be done now. No, but what we will do before we talk about powers, let's look at hard times because we had a couple more match announcements uh, within the last week. Of course, hard times will be taking place November 12th, not really in New Orleans, but in Chamolet, uh, Louisiana, which is right by New Orleans, at the Frederick J. Seeger Civic Center. And uh, this event is being co-promoted by uh, Wildcat. So we'll be introduced to a, a few new names uh, during the course of the, of the two nights of the pay-per-view. But the first match that has been, um, well, we know will be on the on the uh, the pre-show will be a hardcore tag team war, which I don't know what the hell that even means. But you've got uh, Mercurio and uh, Jake Dumas, the magician, taking and Jack Stain, who we all really enjoy we'll be taking on mayweather jtg and the pope i don't get this one i don't understand that like i know mayweather and 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 dane have some some uh bad blood there but hey let's uh, somebody we don't have a spot for on the pay-per-view but they might sell a few tickets let's put them on the pre-show yeah, maybe. Um, look, I look. I, I look at this and I see Mercurio and Magic Jake, and I I jokingly said that they should just make him a tag team called Smoke and Mirrors, and I think that's a great name for a tag team of those two idiots. And uh, and then you've got JTG and the Pope. JTG has a great wrestler. I don't like him as the Dirty Sexy Boys. I don't think that tag team's going anywhere. Pope, I think, should be wrestling for the world's title. But you know, like you said. They need something to do with something. Is it wrong that I kind of hope Magic Jake falls asleep with a cigarette in his mouth on the couch? <laughs> That's how people used to die in the 70s, kids. Um, One I, of uh, Johnny Cash's band members died that way. The next match that has been booked, it's finally official after uh, Saturday's uh, USA, is... The junior heavyweight title match, a rematch from the 74th anniversary night one. Carrie Morton, second time against Homicide, a more lethal, more ruthless Homicide. Jaden, uh, you're familiar with Homicide, you know, being in South Jersey. You've seen this guy wrestle probably a million times. What do you think about this more heelish version of Homicide? And are you in any way excited to see him wrestle Carrie Morton. Uh I like Carrie. I don't hate him as much as you guys do. I really just think this is an excuse to to put Ricky Morton out there. Yeah. But um homicide's great. So heelish, more vicious homicide. That sounds like something that would interest me. Can we book him versus uh Billy Corgan. <laughs> uh homicide just by his name was a heelish character when he first started developing yeah i mean he he wasn't you know he didn't go around kissing babies and shaking hands and you know all that crap he by his thing he was a guy that went out there and did what had to be done he'd kill you to get the win or whatever 
not only a former Ring of Honor champion, he was once number one contender to the World Wrestling Grand Prix Championship. See? And, uh, anyway, just, so him being a heel actually, to me, fits better. I, and I, I don't dislike Kerry Morton. I dislike the idea of putting the title on Kerry Morton. Yeah, I, I wanted to make that clear, too. I think I'm the only one in this group that really dislikes Kerry Morton. And, and basically for the same thing you just said, the kid's green. And I get it, and I, I put this in my notes for later. He's 21 years old. He's still a young man. He has a lot of time to develop. But I would just imagine, you know, with, with his father being Ricky Morton and the fact that his father's training him, you would think that would, at least to me, uh, give him some more. Um, a, a bigger head start. Yeah, like better fundamentals. And I, sometimes I watch him in the ring. I just like this this on power. I felt like he was lost. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're like, your your dad's Ricky Morton. You've been watching your father wrestle for you know for 21, 21 years. years. <laughs> uh, this shouldn't be. This isn't new information for you. It should be, you know, pretty easy going. And uh, I don't know. It's not. Well, I don't think he's that this level. There are. George Gullis Juniors and sure. or Nick Gullis Juniors and uh, Angela Mosca Juniors. Yeah, and 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 Greg Gagne's and and, and Greg David was a good Blair. wrestler. He just wasn't. That's it. A lot of people give Greg uh, slack. At least Greg was a good wrestler. Yeah, but there's some second generation wrestlers that uh, don't. Talent isn't hereditary. Apparently, now Kerry Morton is pretty much better than that. But I'm just saying. Well, yeah. Uh, David Flair never was going to be a top wrestler. Kendall Wyndham was never going to be a top wrestler. He had a dad and brother that were. Uh, I think many of us would have thought initially Husky Harris wasn't going to be a, a top draw in the world of professional wrestling, but boy, things have changed. Well, and Husky Harris isn't, but yeah. <laughs> he he found what it You know, in halftime, that's what it is. You know, I remember when Cody Rhodes was in WWE and, you know, I've had this conversation with you offline back at that time. And as he was getting ready to leave and go to the independents and stuff like that, I always said about about Cody, I go, to me, Cody reminds me of a Rocky Maivia or a, or a stunning Steve Austin or... Not stunning Steve, ringmaster. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was going back further, but yeah, yeah but you know, Stunning Steve was at least uh, Stunning Steve was a prodigy. He was always going to be something until they brought him in as the ringmaster. But he was never. I Stunning Steve never would have been Stone Cold, you know, as far as a big star. No, but he might have been a. He might have been a Tully Blanchard. He might. He probably would have been closer to a Tully Blanchard. Or, you know, a long time ago, I had asked, I go, who's the modern-day Tully Blanchard? And I realized that it's Sammy Sane, who, even though he's kind of organically becoming a face again, he is somebody who I would have, in his heel mode, I would pay to watch get beat up. Um, and, and that's the nicest thing I've ever said about Sammy Sane. I, anyway, I like Sammy, and I think he's doing an amazing job right now, but go ahead. But, uh, you know, just getting to the to the point, I 
you know, a lot of people look at Mike Von Eric and they'll sit there. You know, Mike did not have the natural ability that his brothers had. But even through injury and illness, Mike as a actual person without brain damage only wrestled like about a year. And then between his toxic shock and 107 degree fever and a car accident, he he was basically a brain damaged individual during his second run. And he was never going to be, you know, anything close to what you think of a Von Erich star. And he never had the chance, you know, to develop before, you know, he finally committed suicide. But, I mean, I don't have an issue with Carrie or that Carrie is green. I mean, it does. It, we have to watch these people develop in ways that you used to not have to watch them. Wait, I'm going to I'm going to go back and you put that uh, Brian Lawler. Yeah. Brian Christopher USWA was far from a bust. Brian Christopher in the USWA was one of the most entertaining, incredible talents out there. Drugs got to Brian Lawler. It wasn't because of lack of ability or even being Lawler's son. Brian Christopher, USWA Brian Christopher, put on a big stage and keeping his uh, extracurricular activities in a, a, to a controlled level. That Brian Christopher could have been a major star. The problem is Grandmaster Sexay... And everything else that came along with it <laughs> is what killed Brian Lawler. But it wasn't because of talent or being the second generation, the, the son of a superstar curse. Nobody, well, we all, some of us knew that he was Lawler's son, but it wasn't common knowledge that he was Lawler's son. And even Lawler did the best he could to never acknowledge it. Even if he looked so much like his damn, or looked at that time so much like his damn father. <laughs> uh, I mean, just... But, you know, back in the day, you sent, you know, you would send them away to work undercard in another territory and be enhancement talent and everything and give them time to develop before it was suddenly revealed that, you know, let's remember Barry Wyndham started out as a referee. So he got to be in the ring kind of get the flow and everything. So didn't matter. Kendall just didn't have talent. Kendall had talent too. Kendall was just just could have used the cheerio as a hula hoop. That was his problem. Well, when he first started, he was, you know, looked like a cute I would agree with you, but, you know, as he aged and he put some weight on and, you know, he was Part of whatever that one group was in in uh, WCW, it still wasn't good. But um, uh, PJ Hawk seems to be ahead of Kerry in development as a wrestler. I mean, I would agree with that, but I think, I mean, honestly, I think PJ's first of all, PJ has that amateur pedigree. So just you know, being able to go out there and compete, I think helps. I don't know if Kerry. Did any amateur uh, wrestling or combat or not? No, in, in fact, Media M5 um, said, and I'm only taking this at face value, I don't really know, 
that Kerry didn't care for wrestling. He got the sport. He got into the sport about two years ago. Uh, Kerry before that was into acting and cheerleading. And like, I do know he was a competitive cheerleader, which I, I, I know that's a thing, but just kind of sounds funny. Yeah. Not the... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but... <laughs> you sounded very Hank Hill right there. <laughs> well, just, I mean, look, I, I know guys who are in competitive cheerleading. You would not want to upset them. No, of course not. So, so I mean, I, I, but as you said, the sound of it just sounds. Well, right now we need Kerry Morton just to learn how to do the jazz hands of doom and he'll be the champion for sure. But uh, yeah, Kerry does seem behind in his training for what you would expect from the son of a pro wrestler who you would expect to have always been. But look, honestly, I don't know anything about Kerry Morton and what his relationship to Ricky is. You know, there have been stories that Ricky has more little Mortons across the country than, you know, we realize. And who's the politician who thinks her dad is uh Stan Lane? Yeah. I can't, I don't remember. Something Berbert or Bebert or something. It's it's scary, whoever it is. <laughs> that just makes me laugh. Sorry. Okay, let's get back to wrestling. We'll leave the politics for other podcasts. But um, anyway, my, my point is I don't even just because he's Carrie Morton's son doesn't mean he grew up around Carrie Morton. This is true. This is true. I have a half brother and a half sister who their first, you know, five or six years they spent with my dad. And then the rest of the time he saw them only when he had visitation. So you never, you never know how it goes. And and it, it would be shameful for us to try to assume any of that. Uh, we just hope that they have a good relationship now. Apparently they do. And uh, we'll move on. And next up. Lauren back- Bobert. Lauren Bobert. That's her, whatever their name is. That's who uh, is allegedly Stan Lane's illegitimate daughter. All right, moving on. Uh, this match actually came apart uh, because of uh, Saturday's episode of NWA USA, which I'm very excited about because even when I saw this match, I was speculating at the time that, wow, Maddie and Misa Kate would make a really good tag team uh, on a regular basis. And it's something fresh for Pretty in Power. It's not, it's not the Allison K and Marty Bell again. It's not uh, a tag team that's like a, another makeshift tag team like uh, – uh, what's her name? Um, uh, 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 Natalia Markova and uh, Taryn Terrell. I mean, it is a makeshift tag team, but in, at least in this version, uh, they actually had a victory over um, Pretty Empowered. They had that victory on on USA, and they made this match official for the pay-per-view. I'm kind of excited for it because, again, it's something fresh. It's something different. DK, what do you think about that matchup? Uh, I mean... It makes sense. And you, Maddie and Misa, at least seem like a tag team. I mean, they had kind of enough in common in their style and their, you know, the wrestling that you go, okay, yeah, I can see them acting. Obviously, there's no way that the NWA has a chance to build any of their tag team, women tag team challengers because, you know, they, why would you do that when you can just throw two women together? But you know, it's a it's a group that makes sense, and or a team that makes sense. You know, just looking at it. So 
Sure, why not? And we just lost Jaden. Um, and then the next thing is, um, I want to pull this up real quick. Uh, media said, uh, Jay, I only know because I spoke with Carrie several times. Uh, why didn't you get into wrestling? Blah, blah, blah. And Carrie said, and I quote, I don't know. I don't have it in me. That's my father's gig. I love acting. And media M5 told Carrie to go where his heart is. Your dad will always be there for you. And that was three years ago in Kingsport. And we know that, uh, uh, we know that from media M5's uh, role with the NWA during the Bruce Tharp era, he certainly was around in Kingsport. So we know Ricky Morton had a lot of time in Kingsport. So, I'm going to go ahead and believe that story is true. Um, next up, we have um, this matchup, Zach Draper versus Sion. And this is for the uh, national championship. Uh, Draper won the qualifying matches to get here. DK, what do you think about this one? I find this one interesting. That it almost seems to be against what NWA does. In the sense that they're uh, putting kind of a fresh new champion in with a fresh new challenger. And I didn't even know they knew how to do that. My only comment was, in a negative aspect, was I go, this would be a great TV title match. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that they've done enough for either one of them to make it seem like they're deserving national champions. But Sion, at least, is doing everything he can to be a deserving national champion. You know, for a guy who I haven't been the kindest to, I'll give him a lot of credit for that. He certainly uh, has been out on the road trying to make that national title important. And for someone like, I mean, look, there's a difference between him and Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch is more on the downside of his career. He doesn't need to do wrestling. He's basically been retired twice in wrestling. And, you know, came back to watch J.E., you know, little cheeseburgers. And uh, Sion, in this gimmick, is newer. People don't really know who he is. And so... He has to let that championship make him, and then he has to make that championship. You know, there's they they both kind of depend on each other right now. They need each other, that title and and him. So him going out defending the title, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what needs to be done. I'm gonna have to uh, laugh at this and also share it with you guys. Media M5 does kind of have that. Barry Horowitz look to him and a little bit like Matt Seidel as well. And then Dave Scooby wants to point out, at least there's no creepy smiling scion in the promo pick. And that true, that is very true. That weird smile was so unnerving at the pay-per-view of the last one of him and uh, Jack Stane. It was very unsettling. Um, yeah, but it's more fitting this month. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm chewing a hamburger. Next up we have, with a mouthful, EC3 and Tom Latimer. 
Now, I'm excited about this match, but good Lord, they're not doing a great job of building it up, I don't think. You got EC3 wrestling heels on TV. Shouldn't he be wrestling Mims? Shouldn't he be wrestling uh, uh, anybody who's a babyface on the show? You got him wrestling against uh, Mercurio this week, and it just, you got heel on heel wrestling. And I, I'll save the rest of what I have to think about that for the show, but the crowd was chanting his name on TV. And he's the guy that's talking so much shit about the NWA, how awful it is, how terrible it is. We got the fans chanting his name because you can't book him in a decent match. How do you feel about this one, DK? Well, the NWA is doing everything they can to make me not care about the match. Yep. And oddly, the only reason I would have cared about the match to begin with is because I'll be hoping to see this do something to help elevate Tom Vladimir. But they're not really good at elevating people, and so I don't really have any faith that he will be elevated. <laughs> yeah, no, and I look at this matchup, and, I, you know, this isn't our go-home show, but when I look at this matchup and I see, you know, you're right, this match should be used to elevate Tom Latimer or to make sure that uh, EC3 is going to be, uh, you know, your next world title contender. But I don't think that he, EC3 will be the next one to be in line to challenge uh, the world's heavyweight champion. And I don't feel like Tom Latimer is going to get the right rub from this. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't either. But then I never do. That being said, I expect the bell-to-bell -bell action to be good. Yes. I think it's going to be a killer match. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. But... Just the way they're building it is not really getting me hyped up. I mean, when they put good people in the ring against each other, their matches tend, tend to display, you know, that. You know, that you got good wrestlers and that you have talented wrestlers and they can do it. The stories don't accentuate it. That's yeah. the problem. I, I, yep, I agree with you on that. And then I look at the uh, uh, next match that's been scheduled. We know that Kylan and Camille, that was set up uh, uh, last week's power uh, when Kylan defeated Ty Valkyrie. I do feel like uh, after the results of the AAA uh, event, the Reina de Reinas match, I think it would have still been much better if this would have been Taya versus Camille. Yeah, they're idiots. That's about the only thing I can really go here. You know, can we just not do number one contender matches, especially early anymore? But even yeah. later, I mean, because second pay-per-view in a row where someone's won number one contender, the first time Billy just takes him out of the match because he's Billy. Yeah. And the second one, they declare, well, since, you know, Kyle King didn't really lose in the three-way, she ought to have another shot. Well, you're the f***ing idiots that made it a three-way. And didn't make it elimination. And, and you weren't here for the show last week, and we talked about that. Like, so does that mean officially now the NWA cannot use triple threat matches to determine number one contenders? I mean, they have to be elimination matches now, right? Because if you use a triple threat match to determine a number one contender, the person that didn't lose always has that. Well, you set the precedent with with Kai Lin, who did not lose 
to Taya Valkyrie, was not pinned by Taya. Ergo, she deserves an opportunity to wrestle for that title. Uh, in the real world, yes. In Billy's clouded mind, you know, next time doesn't matter. <laughs> That's so true. And, th and this is what I love about modern day wrestling. It's not only next time will it not matter, but one of the wrestlers will then do a promo to point out how it's contradictory, <laughs> and it still won't matter. Nope. Media M5 says, wow, DK is still smiling somewhat. Way to go, DK. That's because well, we're only talking about the pay-per-view. We haven't made the power yet. <laughs> uh, James Bell says they're going to go three-way at the women's, uh, the women's at Hard Times 3. I think they're going to have Chelsea Green come in and try to steal the title at the end of the at the end of the match. Oh, I, I just gave a spoiler, didn't I? Um, Dave Scooby says Taya is a champion. Impact tapings are the same weekend as Hard Times. Ergo, no Taya. And uh, media says James Bell. Who do you think is the third? I just kind of spoiled that, but we'll talk more about that momentarily. Um, and so that's and then of course uh, the main event. We've talked so much about this. I don't know. If we need to talk about it anymore. Um, Tyrus and the, oh gosh, the pacing that they're storytelling that they're doing with the NWA, they announced this match way too soon for the pay-per-view and have been backtracking and, and looking stupid every, ever, ever since, because this match has, we've known about this match for months and they're just acting like right now that this has just happened. I mean, they still had black G's come out with the TV title telling Tyrus, not, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Come on, man. Stupid. And, of course, uh, we've got uh, the Revolution Rumble. We know that's happening the next night. Uh, and we'll see a lot more talent from Wildcat. There is the Revolution Rumble, um, the Rumble match itself, which will feature a lot of talents from the NWA as well as from um, Wildcat. And, of course, this title match is Nathan Bradley versus Chuck Devine, who I know nothing about either one of them. I'm looking forward to, uh, to finding out more about it. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of the, the pay-per-view so far. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, it'll be nice to meet some of our friends out there in the in the real world. Like I said, uh, DK and myself are supposed to be there. Um, my tickets are paid for. My hotel is booked. I just got to get tickets to the show. Uh, Mr. DK is supposed to be coming out there to meet me. Um, I know that Dave Scooby is going to be there. And I think uh, I think James uh, James Bell said he's going to be out there. So if James is out there, he and I will share a sparkling ice. And uh, do a video to post on social media so that uh, Sparkling Ice can sponsor this podcast. <laughs> That's a pipe dream, but we're going for it, baby. We're going for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Willie says, oh, wait, no, I can't put that up. Never mind. Sorry, Willie. Not going to share that one. Uh, so, all right. That's, I mean, that's as much time as we can stall, DK. We need to talk about power. So, I apologize in advance. And James Bell said he is there in New Orleans. So, that's that's cool. We'll see him. Uh, get to say hi. Um, but we can't delay any further. Let's talk about this show. Uh, it started off really good. That's about the best thing I can say. It started off uh, with the non-title match. This is season 10, episode 7. By the way, we're on season 15 of the Alliance Guys podcast, and we don't update it every, every quarter. We update it every year. 15 years doing this. Um, 
James Bell points out that there's 90 floor tickets remaining, so I, I probably should buy my tickets very soon. They might announce another participant in the women's match and sell all the tickets, so we'll see. Um, we kick off power with a non-title match. Matt Taven versus Trevor Murdoch. Now, Taven, some of you guys might not know this, but he's held more than a few premium championships while uh, being on the independent scene. Taven has held many regional championships in the Northeast, uh, including the NWA on Fire Tag Team Championships. He's a multi-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion with Mike Bennett. They have also held the IWGP Tag Titles and also the Impact Championships up until just recently. He has held the Ring of Honor TV title, the Ring of Honor six-man tags, and even held the CMLL NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship. I mean, it's quite a pedigree, DK. He, you know, he he's he's had uh, so many victories and so many um, high-profile matches that when he came to the NWA, I, I was hoping that, you know, yeah, I'd like to see him and Bennett team up, but I think they would be a better asset to the company as, as single competitors in, in multiple divisions. I mean, you could have had Bennett in the junior heavyweight division if you wanted. You could put Bennett in the t- TV title. You could put uh, Taven in the national championship uh, category or in the world title category. And, you know, in Bennett in the past has even challenged for the world title. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Bennett has challenged for the world title in the past. So both of those guys could theoretically be world championship uh, caliber uh, challengers. Um. And I, this, again, was a very fresh match for the NWA. I haven't seen Trevor Murdoch face anybody quite like Matt Taven. I mean, the closest thing I can think of is maybe the Pope. Um, I wish it would have been a title match because, like uh, like Matt Cardona pointed out, uh, you know, we haven't seen a lot of title defenses since uh, Trevor has won the title. Um, Taven looks a lot bigger when he stands in the ring with, with Trevor Murdoch. I always thought he was kind of more of a junior heavyweight, guys. But he... he he's pretty big. And when you put him in the ring with Trevor Murdoch, who I know is a big guy, he's not a slouch. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Trevor's approach to this match, just seems like a bar fight. Taven looks like he's trying to actually wrestle in this match. He uses the speed and quickness to his advantage in the early parts of the match. Murdoch just seemingly roughs up Taven. I mean, forearm shots to the back, just kind of tosses him around. Uh, we even see at one point, uh, Trevor begins to work the lower back uh, when he launches Taven to the outside and then uh, shoves him into that hard ring apron. Um, you know, normally that's kind of like that sign of that he'll be working the lower back, but he just keeps working really over everything. Um, there's a series of clotheslines by by Taven. Uh, my notes are hard to read here. I'm using a different thing today, so I apologize. Uh, t- like I said, Taven relies on the speed and agility. He's able to connect with the Insiguri. Before a series of kicks and strikes, um, he connects with a rolling neck breaker on 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 Trevor Murdoch, and that's like the most uh, dangerous imperil that Trevor Murdoch has looked in this matchup. Uh, he gets a two count, but nothing more than that. Uh, Taven has to pull deep into his repertoire uh, to get some offense out. He pulls out a lion salt, but I, I've never seen him do that before. Only gets a two count. Taven then connects with that springboard leg lariat. A fun move, exciting move. Still only gets two. And then he finally connects with a running knee and he goes to go for that frog splash to get the victory. Although no one's, uh, there's no water in the pool. If you'll bear the old analogy, Trevor connects with the top rope bulldog Murdoch wins. I thought it was a real fun match. We know that Taven is heading to AEW. We know that 
Taven and Bennett will be challenging FTR for the eight, uh, for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. Uh, I don't know how much time we have left with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, but uh, I would certainly like to see more of him in that world title picture. What did you think, Bam? Well, the match was good, and you know this is the last time you'll see me smile. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, the match was good. It should have been a title match. It was stupid that it wasn't. And, you know, I enjoyed the action. Uh, I don't know how much Taven really weighs. I think he's always kind of been, you know, he's, he's been building everywhere from, you know, 197 to uh 227 i figure he's probably somewhere around that 220 mark yeah but he looked okay in the ring with murdoch he didn't look like he was completely outsized and everything so uh you know it was a good match they need more matches like this but for the title do you remember when uh they they used to bill Shawn Michaels as 235 in the WWE. Yes. He's never a 235 guy. Oh, they used to bill uh, Tully Blanchard at 230, and he was 195 when he was heavy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all in all, that was a great match, and that's kind of where the, I feel like the night went downhill after that. I, I just felt like it... Uh, you know, they, they maybe should have closed with that match because everything else kind of felt downhill. Um, next up, uh, the next segment we get is um, we kind of have an impromptu discussion at the announcer's booth. Velvet Sky, who so generously donated her world championship qualifying uh, the championship series, uh, what do they call it, the, the, the luxury, the, the, the victor spoils thing, whatever, uh, her, her opportunity – to challenge for a title she gave it to tim storm not too long ago i think it was before the 74th anniversary pay-per-view and uh mr uh mr tim storm is unable to compete at the time and there is a an ex- expiration date on this now all of this is like new information for us right because we never knew there was an expiration on it it's been over a year since uh she's had that prize and i kind of feel like this is something like maybe they forgot they had it they were going to dump it on Tim Storm. Tim wasn't ready to go, so now they have to figure out something else. It's just a very wonky way of saying, hey, I'm going to renege on my deal, and I'm going to give it to my girl, uh, Angelina Love. But Angelina Love now, who has gone through this entire character change, says like she doesn't want it. She wants to earn it. <clears throat> Angelina Love, who when she first came into the NWA, was waiting for her bestie to give her that was title almost expecting it you know like hey not almost i'm not right saying she was expecting it yeah uh dave scooby says this segment was a dumpster fire uh there's yeah, a lot of the salt dumpsters <laughs> there was a lot of part of the show that was a dumpster fire let's be perfectly honest um let me see if i can pull it up i know this is a this is a hallmark of the other lines guys and this is something they do quite often but I'm gonna just pull it up here real quick for our own shits and giggles. Oh, I can't. It's not on here. Oh, never mind. I lied. Where is it? No, it's not on there. 
Anyways, they have the dumpster logo that they pull up on the show uh, when things are bad. I thought it was uh, readily available, but I don't see it on here, so I can't do anything with it. Oh, here it is. The dumpster fire. <laughs> right above DK's head. Okay. Uh, all right, going back to the show. Um, so, like I said, that's uh, that was kind of weird. Then we get the Kyle Davis with the Spectaculars. <sighs> Uh, Kyle feeds into the ego of Rolando Freeman, stating that he is the biggest brother and comically states that with two victories over Matt Cardona, he should be in line to face Trevor Murdoch. What a joke, man. Um, and again, with, with the continuity issues, Rolando let it slip that the Pope is going after Trevor Murdoch. Like when, when was this announced formally? Like, is this a match for the pay-per-view? Is this going to be next week's power? Is this going to be a title match at some point? Did Pope say he's coming after Trevor Murdoch? Because I haven't seen anything. I don't recall anything of him saying that he's coming after Trevor Murdoch. We haven't seen him really even wrestle in a singles match uh, on power, I don't think, this season. So it's just just weird. Uh, And uh, let's see. um, uh, Then... Then Rolando states that everyone is ducking him. Tyrus, or he's, everyone's ducking him. Matt Cardona's ducking him. Uh, Trevor Murdoch's ducking him. And and then Tyrus comes out, and he interrupts the promo. And I'm like, thank God for Tyrus. And how many times have you heard me say that? And he tells the Spectaculars to kick rocks, which I love that expression, kick rocks, get out of here. Uh, Rolando called Cardona a two-time NWA world champion while on his diatribe. And as far as I know, Cardona's only held the title once. Um, and then uh, when when Tyrus tells Rolando to beat it, he, he smarts off, and Tyrus just grabs him by the throat. And one of the times I've actually cheered Tyrus is this moment right here. Like, get this, get this joke off my TV. I get it. He's a hot-headed, smaller guy, and you guys are doing some silly stuff with him, but I, I, enough. Get him out of here. You don't want to like he, he's trying to sound tough to Tyrus, who you're is your one of your contenders for the world title. Enough, get him out of here. So uh after he lets go, you know, uh Freeman, and that's funny because Freeman and Pierce were frozen. They did nothing to even help their little buddy, which I thought was like awesome, dude. Your 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 big brother is about to get choke slammed by Tyrus, and you don't do anything to help him out. Uh, finally they take off, and uh Tyrus is getting ready to uh, I think make that formal announcement that he's challenging for the world title. And then you get uh, the church's money come running out. Black G's, Marche Rocket, United Wrestling Network, world champion, uh, Jordan Clearwater. And you think that they're going to, something's going to happen. And G's tells him, hey, you're being stupid. You're being stupid. And then now Tyrus clutches G's by the throat. And then they just end up walking out and nothing really happened. Well, he did say dumbass decisions. I don't know that you would say dumbass to. Yeah. You know, if, if you're far enough away that you can run from him, sure. But, you know, I don't know that you do that. Uh, look, Tyrus is obviously probably maybe heading towards a face turn, which I wouldn't mind if it meant that he was getting out of wrestling. Although, again, I'll give him credit. You can tell he's been working out. You can tell he's a little bit slimmer he's in better shape uh he doesn't lose his breath going up the up the steps anymore so i mean i he's done some stuff uh we still want the willy jokes but i mean he he has done some stuff to look better yeah 
Yeah, he's lost. A, James James Bell says Tyrus was visualizing Willie during that segment. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, Dave Scooby says, and I quote, Rolando needs to just leave and not come back. His 15 minutes are up. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, I he never should have had the 15 minutes. Like, look, I I, I blame Matt Cardona. Yeah. Yeah. James Jackson says he's a lean, mean fighting machine now. And then our our friend Carlton says that they should do a swerve and put Velvet and Angelina back together and have them face pretty empowered. Now that's money and also adds tag team death. I mean, Velvet Sky has been on the record saying she's retired. She's not stepping back into the ring. Although things could change, I think it might be a health issue for her. I was going to say, I think she's injured, isn't she? I mean, she never. Yeah. I, I don't mean, think injured she... in the sense that she's hurt and probably can't compete. I Yeah. Luthes <laughs> says the NWA needs a title sponsored by Five Below. Five foot tall, that is. That's kind of funny. There, then you can finally give Ronaldo a championship. Five Below. Look, as many titles as Billy talks about, let's. Let's not give him ideas. <laughs> uh, so, although the women's television title seems to be dead at the moment, I, you know, it wasn't at the last pay per view, and it's not been talked about for this pay per view. I'm kind of hoping maybe he's totally forgotten about it. We didn't. We didn't put this in the show notes, and it's kind of an interesting time to talk about it. But uh, did you hear where Tyrus was quoted in the interview? And I don't have the context. I didn't even read the interview. I'm sure the quote was taken out of tone. They said basically the reason why that uh, we didn't get an empowered pay-per-view this year is that uh, Billy didn't feel that there was enough uh, television-ready female wrestlers to do a pay-per-view. Well, I mean, Billy basically said that. He was just a little more... Political? Not even that. I mean, really, when I look at it, he wasn't anyway. He was just... It was basically the same as Triple H. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you can really draw with another one. You know, you, you have the first one, and, you know, I don't know that you can do it again. And to a point, I think he's right. I think if you do have a women's – the part of the reason the last time worked is we had women from Impact, we had women from AEW, we had NWA women – uh, some indie girls out there. And I don't. <laughs> and Dave Scooby's right about that one. Yeah. And so. It's just. I, I don't. I don't know that it's a pay-per-view that you can put on every year. I think it loses its specialness if you do. I agree. And we, we kind of comment. It's funny because we talked about this last week, too. Um, I think that the 74th anniversary show doesn't need to have a, a segregated pay-per-view. I don't think you need to have an all-women's pay-per-view on that weekend because I think the fact that it's an anniversary show and you're highlighting the best of the NWA, it should just be the best. And, you know, last year, Camille defended the World Women's Championship on both nights. She did that this year as well. You had tag team champions crowned last year at the Empowered pay-per-view. Um, I don't think they even defended them the next night. 
Maybe they did. I don't remember. My memory is kind of foggy. But all in all, representation is what you're looking for. That's great. There could be some very compelling storylines going into any pay-per-view with the women's wrestlers. Uh, that, I think, is the bigger problem than having a whole night dedicated for women's wrestling. I don't think they're doing anything compelling with the women's roster. If you look at, at it is now, right, you've got Camille basically just champion taking on all comers. There's nothing really – there's no real story being told there other than who's going to beat her. And so far, it's nobody. And then you've got Pretty Empowered as the tag team champions – they did a little bit of storytelling there, which is the same story they told with Jackson and, uh, and, and uh, Crimson, and the same story they told with Stevens and Kratos is that they had some turmoil and then worked it out. Okay. Um, but other than that, what storyline is going on in the women's division? And that's an issue that we'll talk about a little bit later with uh, Chelsea Green, but I suppose – if we're going to talk about this show, we need to step it up a bit so we can actually finish and not kill each other. <laughs> All right. Well, then that's fair. Let's let's move on. Um, so then, um, so now again, we, the whole spectacular thing was a bust. We get May in the back with AJ Kazana, and this just drove me nuts. Um, would it kill Lightning One to educate its wrestlers on which title they're challenging for? I know that sounds like a lot, and with the NWA's history, there's many, many championships that have that have existed in time. But it's been kind of documented that the television title was the same television title from the Mid-Atlantic era. So when when you have AJ Kazana come out and talk about Nick Bockwinkel, Stan Hansen, and Bobby Eaton as former champions, well, he's talking about the Georgia television title, not the Mid-Atlantic television title, and well. That's not the same lineage, at least not the one that's been presented on TV thus far. It makes us all look a little stupid when we look up, hey, I don't remember Stan Hansen holding the Mid-Atlantic TV title. And it's sure as not sure as shit, he never did. He wasn't a, a, the TV champion in Mid-Atlantic, nor did Nick Bockwinkle. Those were the Georgia titles. And I think that kind of confusion uh, just permeates in the whole promo here, and it just kind of ruins it because... First of all, that's false information. Secondly, you've got Kazana comparing himself to Nick freaking Bockwinkle. And that makes me mad because Nick Bockwinkle was a champion. Nick Bockwinkle was a fantastic wrestler, a great promo, a professional professional. We've said it before, maybe not on this podcast, but I know DKM and I have spoken about this at length. He should have been NWA World's Heavyweight Champion multiple times. Bockwinkle's a legend. And Kazana thinks he's in his same league? Kazana thinks he's in the same league as Stan Hansen? Real quick, let's run down how many victories that AJ Kazana has had in the NWA. So uh, when his first match in as a singles wrestler, he lost to Jake Tumas back in March. Lost to Mims at night two of the Crockett Cup. Lost to Colby Carino on, the, on an episode of Power. Had a draw with Mims in April. Lost to Mims again in Kentucky. Lost in a TV title qualifier to Odinson. Lost to Kerry Morton on that episode of USA back in September. And basically didn't win a singles match until the TV title qualifier. Stop comparing yourself to legends, pal. You're not even... <sighs> this is awful. This is the kind of shit that makes me pull my hair out. You don't even have the right title lineage. You're comparing yourself to legends. You're not that guy, my guy. 
You're just not. Decam, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, he's actually not the first one to mix those two title lineages. Fair enough. Uh, uh, even the broadcasters have to some extent. It's it's stupid, and it's it's one thing to say to talk about who's held it. It's another thing when you compare yourself to who's held it. And you know, so you know, we know Billy loves heel versus heel matches, and it almost seems to be that's what he's setting up. We're not supposed to like either guy. Right. So that way we have no one to cheer for (laughs) and no one to invest in and not really care who wins the title because that's what Billy likes. I don't know what Billy smokes to like it. I wish he was willing to share some of it. But, you know, then maybe I would get it. But for now, it's just. (sighs) Yeah. That's what it is. It's 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 terrible. And like it, and like I said, things keep going down and down. And uh, I'm gonna go back to the to what our pal Dave Scooby said earlier. Um, let me see, because I want to make sure I get the quote right. Um, oh, maybe I passed it up already. Well, essentially, this segment was garbage. It was a dumpster fire. And I should have that ready because that's the rest of the show. It's all dumpster fire. Um, all right. So let's get back. Uh, uh, medium five agrees with me. Jay, it's like comparing a filet mignon to ground, a ground squirrel. I've never had ground squirrel. I'd be willing to try it. But yes, uh, Luthez has fired up Jay Cal is the best Jay Cal. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Carlton says Nick Bockwinkle is the greatest champion. I mean, that's. I don't even know if that's debatable. He, if he isn't the greatest champion, he's certainly one of the greatest champions. Um, I think there was a there's a story once that the NWA wanted to put the world's heavyweight championship on him, but he wanted to have summer off or something like that, or the winter off, and uh, he's declined to take the title. Is that is that the story, DK? I think you probably know it better than I do. Well, that's only if I pay attention to anything that they do. All right. Well then. Moving on. <laughs> uh, next up, we get Kratos versus the question, Mac. And again, this segment is a dumpster fire. I don't know why they want to keep doing this. Like, I, I guess if I knew why they'd do it, maybe it makes sense to me, but it just doesn't. It's more crap. It's more uh, spitting on the legacy of Josephus. Um, I think it's it's sacrilege to an extent. And not that the whole question mark was a religious experience, but I just feel like this desecrates any kind of good feelings we had uh, when they when they came back from COVID and they put on that special match where Aaron Stevens had a shot at Nick Aldis. And that match happened because they were honoring the memory of Josephus and the question mark. And then you do stuff like this and it just it's a spit in the face of anyone who really cared about that character or that person. Um I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this match, but it's my job to review these things and recap it. So here we go. Stevens is out there barking at the audience and the fans, insisting that the broadcasters call Rodney Mack the question Mac question mark. I am not part of the broadcasting team. I will not be calling Rodney Mack the question mark. I will call him either the question Mac or Rodney Mack. Um, 
Rodney Mac is still wearing his Rodney Mac trunks. Like, it, like I, I get it. It's supposed to be silly and funny, but it's just stupid. Um, I hate this place. I'll be honest. It's hard for me to even get into this match because of all the stupidness. Fans are behind Kratos. Uh, Rodney Mac is a solid wrestler. I would love to just see Rodney Mac versus Jared Kratos in a straight-up fight. We talk about Haas fights. That would be pretty close to a Haas fight right there. Um, the match breaks down from a wrestling match into a fight. Mac and, Mac and Kratos exchange chops and forearm smashes. Rodney gets an edge and tosses Kratos into the ring, into the ring corner to potentially injure Kratos' arm. Um, at that point, you see Stevens trying to use an illegal object. The referee catches it. They keep calling it a loaded glove. Tim Storm says that a loaded glove is more painful than a, a taped fist or a brass knuckles. I don't know what the heck he's even talking about. Um, anyway, Rodney Mack ends up getting the victory, uh, going over Kratos when Stevens eventually uses that loaded black glove to knock out the former tag team champion. Um, I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm going to go ahead. DK, what are your thoughts? I don't, I, I just despise this in ways that I can't even begin to comprehend or express. And I think what makes it absolute worse is the wrong guy won. Yeah. And so everything about this was bad. And and this is coming from, and I'm talking for DK here. He didn't like the question mark. No. He didn't really like Josephus either. No. Well, and, I didn't like him as a top level main event talent. Okay. Okay. But even you feel like this is a desecration. Well, I mean, it is. Okay. And there's, I mean, I'm sorry. There's no excuse around it. It just is. Yeah. So that brings us to May Valentine in the back with the dirty, sexy boys. And it's just more gibberish. Where's the, where's the uh, decal? Another dumpster fire segment. Uh, I don't know why uh, uh, dirty Dango talks like Batman for whatever reason, but it's just off putting. Um, I don't know why people like the team. I, I don't see the appeal to this at all. And I think JTG is a pretty good solid wrestler. And, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, when we look at the pay-per-view, we see JTG not in a tag team match with Dirty Dago. Maybe they're moving him on and allowing him to do something else. But this was just stupid. Um, it sounds like they said if they, they have a match with La Rebellion next week and if they win, it becomes a title match. If I, if I understood that correctly. Well, they're back there to talk about, the, talk about it and the fact that it's non-title. But Dango thought it was a title and then talks about sex and everybody wins. And I thought, no, everybody loses because they had to, you know, suffer through this. And why I did not fast forward through it is beyond me. I should have. And I'm mad at myself for not. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually mad that I watched this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, I finished it up today. I watched most of it yesterday. Oh, battery's dead. I watched most of the show yesterday, um, followed up with the rest of it today, and I kept hoping, like, it's going to get better, right? It's going to get better. It's got to get better, right? And no, it didn't. It never got better. It never, it, I, I, you know, the highlight of the show was the first match. 
right? Am I wrong? No, that was like the only part of the show that was worth it. Um, our pal Tim says, have you ever seen Dirty Dingo and Batman in the same place, though? No, no, I haven't. But maybe there is something to that. I've never seen myself and Batman in the same place either. It doesn't mean a hell of a lot. <laughs> uh, the next thing is, uh, so then we get the championship opportunity match. As we spoke about earlier, Velvet Sky wanted to give her winning to Tim Storm. Tim cannot compete, so she signed on her offer uh, and gave it to Angelina Love, who all of a sudden now wants the right to challenge instead of just giving it, which, again, is the whole character change. Um, and out now, of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. No reason for it either. It wasn't like she had a series of good victories and like, hey, I want to be uh, a good baby face now. It's just, okay. Um, so now we've got, uh, because Matt Cardona has stroke with Billy, um, Chelsea Green is getting into the match. And uh, I think we all know how this match was going to end up as soon as we saw Chelsea Green come out. We remember last week, Matt Cardona saying, all right, we have something, you know, come on, Chelsea, I have an idea. So we already knew he was politicking to get her into a title match anyways. Um, This match was better than what I expected, but I'm going to credit Chelsea Green for that because I'm not a huge fan of Angelina Love. Um, You know, there had a a lot of back and forth between the two. But I just felt like Love is just not good enough to go anymore. Um, you know, I don't want to see her versus Camille because I don't think it would be a good match. Um, I felt Kel- uh, Chelsea carried a lot of this one, too. Um, Green gets the victory, and I'm betting she'll somehow impact hard times or the night afterwards. Again, this wasn't the worst match of the night, but it certainly wasn't all that inspired. Well, it was better than it had any right to be. Uh, Love is definitely past her expiration date. And honestly has been for a long time. She she was a top talent, a top talent at one point. Uh, she was never a great in-the-ring wrestler. And... You know, the gimmick, when when she left the first time and took forever to come back, she was never the same. Yeah. Even though they continued to put titles on her or continued to put her in big storylines. And when her and uh, Davy Richards were married in love and making out every week on Impact, which I'm <laughs> glad I did not watch the show during that time, but I did read reviews of it. And then, of course, when they left because they were done wrestling, and then they divorced a month later, and then he got back into wrestling. Now she's back into wrestling, and you know he's actually still pretty good. She's not, and you know, it's it's sad in a way that somebody who was once such a big thing just. It's almost kind of, you know, sad to watch now. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I kind of said earlier in the show that there were times on and off that I did watch Impact Wrestling. And they were over. You know, the beautiful people were over. It was a big deal, uh, whether it was just uh, Velvet and and Angelina or when they brought in Lacey Von Eric as well. It was, it was over. But, you know, 
that was what 15 years ago well you know the original three which was what madison ring was she the third one she came in at some point too but i think that was after lacy i don't really be i think they were together they split up and then they kind of had the thing where one of them was always turning face on the other two or heel on the other two or you know whatever right and so it was just it was never you know tna sucked at that point just all <laughs> along you know this but she just you know if you go back and you look at superstar billy graham the biggest mistake that Vince Sr. ever made was taking the title off of him because that's what he had planned. Because Graham was so over at that time and on top. And what a lot of people didn't realize is that he actually sucked as a wrestler. Yeah. It was his personality that had him over and a hot heel champion. And, you know, so once he lost the title and then he changed his look and came back and people suddenly started realizing you know, he's not that good. Yeah. Which is why he couldn't stay in any territory very long. Yeah. And especially when he went to that karate shtick. <laughs> and, you know, you kind of get that with Angelina. Her and the beautiful people were, they were beautiful people. I mean, you know, at that time. Yeah. But, you know, uh, with Angelina, time hasn't necessarily been her best best friend, and her skills just have never been up to snuff. And you know, I feel more sad for her than anything. And but here's the only reason I would have rather have seen her win and have a title match. At least she's new and different. Yeah. And W. Billy, more specifically, let's not say the NWA, let's say Billy, you know, he, he doesn't have a wide view of challengers. And so he just keeps circling the same people through. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and it feels like it's that way in every division. Well, it is. And that's part of the problem. And, you know, look, when Chelsea Green first showed up, I was all for her. Yeah, same. And that was back when Kevin was still doing the show with us on a regular basis. And he was saying how great she was. And, you know, it was good. And then they kind of took her back to the hot mess character, which is like, you got to stop going back to something that worked seven years ago, or however long it was, you know, at that time. And then luckily they dropped it for the Mrs. Cardona, which, of course, I suppose that's what was supposed to play into it because I may have accidentally muted the TV. So I didn't hear <laughs> Velvet ranted about the fact that Card Cardona got her title shot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I suppose that was supposed to be the story, but it, it yeah. Next. Um, real quick. I want to go back to this from something earlier. Uh, because I thought it was funny. I'm going to share it. Uh, when it comes to Dak Draper, our pal uh, Media M5 sent this over. <laughs> There's some comparison there. Barry Horowitz, Matt Seidel, Dak Draper. 
All right. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't put that together. Um, then next up, uh, we get Joe Alonzo taking on Ricky Morton, or excuse me, Carrie Morton. Um, now again, the aforementioned talk about Carrie Morton. I'm not a huge fan. Um, when I see a matchup like this, it just shows me that I, I maybe my thought process is correct on this. Joe Alonzo is mostly known as uh, the opponent with Scion, who's wrestled him. I think a total of two times in the NWA, one time outside of the NWA for the national championship. And he keeps manifesting, tweeting that he will sign a contract in professional wrestling. Um, most of the time we see Alonzo, he works as a babyface tonight or Tuesday night. He's really working as a heel, very an aggressive heel, too. He's really taking it to Kerry Morton early on. Even shouts out, I don't respect you or your father, which got a huge pop for me because I feel the same way. Um, you know, being the son of a legend, it's it's it, it's very awkward to watch him in the ring sometimes because I feel like Kerry gets lost. I feel like his, some of his moves are just very either bland or or awkward looking. And even when he wins this match, he wins with an awkward looking running knee. Like at first, I thought he was going for a shining wizard, like that 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 knee to the the face, but that's not what it was at all. It was just bad, and. I really like Alonzo, and I think Alonzo makes a lot of sense for the NWA in the long term. He reminds me more of like the – when you look at the junior heavyweights, there is a difference between a junior heavyweight and a cruiserweight. One of the things that kept me a fan of professional wrestling for years was that cruiserweight division in WCW in 1996-1997. Um, and we saw an influx of the Lucha Libre talent, stars from Puro Resu promotions like uh, – Ultimo Dragon, um, you know, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho. That division had some so many great talents. And the marquee of most of it was these guys who could high fly. The Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, uh, Juventud Guerrera, Super Calo, Blitzkrieg. Um, heck, even some of the bigger guys in the Cruiserweight division like La Parca or Damien Seis were able to fly around in that ring. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that style of wrestling very, very much. The junior heavyweight division that we have in the NWA is a lot different. Um, in fact, it's for most of the talent, it seems to be more of a mat-based style of wrestling, which there's nothing wrong with Homicide you know, working a very um, grounded-type offense. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Rhett Titus being a wrestling machine in there. Um, Colby Carino does some high-flying, but not very much. Kerry Morton is mostly grounded. We don't see him do a lot of aerial high-risk maneuvers. So when I see a guy like Joe Alonzo, I kind of get excited. And I think of what could potentially be down the road. And I don't need you know, him to be the next junior heavyweight champion, but I sure would like to see a lot more of Joe Alonzo. DK, what did you think about this match? What do you think about what I just said? Jay, you ignorant slut. Well, if you're going to say it, it just ruins it for me. <laughs> and, uh, well, I, I didn't care. Did not care. I was hating the show by this point. They weren't going to be able to do anything. These two weren't going to be able to do anything that was going to pull me out of my thing. It may have been a decent match. I barely paid attention. Uh, Carrie Martin... I don't want him to win the title, and I feel like they're setting that up. And 
Yeah. Next. So it doesn't get any better after that. It uh, never gets better. That's no. the whole point of this show. <laughs> next, then we get Mercurio with the two ladies entering the ring. Now, the two women don't aren't given names, uh, which is funny because they do a better job selling on the outside than Mercurio does in the ring selling. Um, we just saw Mercurio on on uh, Saturday as part of the NWA USA. I just, I don't know, man, something about him. He has a very punchable face. I don't think he's, you, you know, they keep saying that, oh, he's like a romance cover artist. But no, he's not. He's just an older guy who's got, you know, a very, uh, a very gym created body, which is great. But I mean, his wrestling is wooden and laconic, which is what I thought when I saw him on the uh, NWA uh, United Wrestling Network primetime live series. Uh, two years ago. I just don't like this guy. I don't think he's good. Um, Mercurio has been doing a lot of work with Billy Corgan as of late. Him and Natalia Markova both appeared uh, with a Scion in his most recent music video, as well as on stage at uh, Billy's last performance, where Natalia Markova basically gave Mercurio a diamond cutter. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it helped with the looks. I don't know. Uh, I just, I'm not entertained by this guy. Uh, I talked about how weird and and awkward Kerry Morton looks in the ring, and he's 21 and been wrestling for maybe two or three years. This guy has been wrestling for at least 15 years and still looks incredibly awkward in the ring, and it looks like he gets lost. And I don't know how you've been wrestling since 2005 and have difficulty looking like, like anything. Our pal NWA Gold just killed it. Mercurio looks like someone ordered Shawn Michaels on Wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, I didn't love this match because of that. The fact that Mercurio has been very much a heel since debuting in the NWA. I mean, the whole point is he's supposed to be a romance novel cover guy. Of course, he's going to be a heel. Um, and then you got EC3, who has been constantly comparing the NWA to dinosaurs and, and calling it the nostalgic wrestling Alliance and has really been just chopping down the brand ever since he got here, specifically going after, uh, you know, Tom Latimer, but really just saying how bad the NWA is and this, that, and the other. So I don't know why they're booking Mercurio a heel versus EC3, who's also a heel. And because of that, now the fans, because like me, they just hate Mercurio. Now they're cheering for EC3. The guy that's going to face Tom Latimer at your pay-per-view, who's supposed to be this born-again baby face, if you will. And and I feel like you're kicking yourself right in the damn balls because EC3 is being cheered. So when he's cheered, he's a baby face. So when he comes to New Orleans to wrestle Tom Latimer, now you're putting him in this weird position where maybe the fans are going to cheer him, which is not the dynamic that you at least are setting a precedent for. You want the fans to hate him because he's anti NWA, but now you're putting him in a match where he gets the, gets cheered. So I, I just, all of it is stupid to me. Um, the match itself is, is okay, but it's shit booking. Uh, it's EC three. looked like he was basically going through the motions here at no time. Did I ever think he was going to lose? At no time did Mercurio's offense look very believable. Uh, there was a mild comeback from Mercurio, but it was mostly garbage. 
Uh, this guy has been wrestling since 2007, and he still looks awkward as F in the ring. Um, and like I said, the women who were outside did a better job of selling what was happening to Mikikirio than he did in the ring. This was just crap. That's it. That's all I got. So this morning I woke up. And I turned on TV, which happened to be on uh, BBC World from the night before. And they announced that Liz Truss, who's the prime minister over there, was about to make an announcement. So she came out after 45 days as prime minister, announced that she was resigning. And there'd be a new leader by next week. And uh, so they spent you know, the rest of the hour I'm watching, recapping everything that's happened in the last 45 days. She's the, she, she was appointed by the longest serving monarch and she's the shortest serving prime minister ever. <laughs> and, uh, why Devin, are you talking about this? Well, because it was a hell of a lot more entertaining <laughs> than this match. And I'd rather talk about that than this match. Yeah. And so, I think that's all we really need to know is the British political world exploding and imploding and, you know, one of the top economies in the world starting to crash, which will affect uh, our country, is actually more entertaining. I'd rather get a box of popcorn and watch that than to ever have to sit through anything like this show again after uh trevor and taven it was bad it sucked it was not good it was not accidentally good it was not ironically funny there was at no point was i sitting there going oh this is so bad it's good this is grumpy cat christmas bad yeah and and you want to know how bad grumpy cat christmas was they only showed it once So, and that's in a world where Christmas movies are like uh, a hot commodity, and 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 actors do them just to get the royalty checks. They start this Friday, yeah, and they show movies going back to 2011, but they only show that one once because it was the worst movie ever made. It made Heaven's Gate look like an Oscars winner. This show they give you this one bright point and you go yes this is what i love to see and then they rip your heart out and show (laughs) it to you while it's still beating and all you can do is go why why Why? yeah no i mean it's it like look uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago when we had the awful, awful surge episode with Pretty Empowered. And although the two female talents are very entertaining, the show itself and wrestling, all of it was just crap. Um, we got a, a very, a very decent power after that. Very excited to have a decent power. And then last week's power, still pretty good, still pretty solid. I get that they film three months of matches in two days, but man continuity issues logic issues just bad wrestling i mean 
let's go back to EC3 and 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 Brian Idol, excuse me, Mercurio. It would have made a hell of a lot more sense to put Mims in that spot. Have Mims lose to EC3 than it did Mercurio. It would have made more sense for you know, and I'm, I'm struggling to find another babyface name on the on the roster. Um, it could have been Rhett Titus. No, I guess he's not even he's not a babyface either. I don't even know who the faces are on the show. That's another problem. Could have been the Pope, but that's kind of a marquee matchup that maybe you don't want to give away. I can understand that, but it just could have been Kerry Morton. It, but they already put him in another match too. No, but and, we all have much rather have watched uh, EC3 beat up Kerry Morton. Yeah, but then that then that messes up their title for the pay per view. Even better, could have been Caprice Coleman. Could have been Caprice, who is not necessarily a face either. But so, anyways, um, and and the and best has wrestle more face than not. That's true. And the best match on the card was literally a guy who just debuted in AEW what two nights ago. Uh, yep. And and is literally on TV right now, probably losing the Impact Tag Titles. This was just nonsense, man. I I I want the show to be good, and it's not. And I don't know how much more I can voice this opinion without being heard. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I don't know, man. Tell me something good, DK. What what can we do? What can we do? Well, we can be glad that we don't have Heath and Rhino as our tag team champions. <laughs> is that who just beat? Is that just who beat OGK? Yeah, because I was trying to figure out who in the heck it heck it was. So, well, let's see. Let's look at Impact real quick since I'm here. Sure. So, Impact World Champion is Josh Alexander. I do like him. Uh. Uh, let's see. The X Division title is vacant. The Impact Digital Media Champion is Brian Myers. There's a reason why some people aren't successful in WWE, and he's one of those people that we know why. And so I'd be, I'm just as glad he wasn't involved in any of the matches today. Tag team champions are Heath and Rhino, a man who's almost as wide as he is tall, and talk about someone who's past his prime probably both of them so i'm all for you know that we didn't have to see them knockouts champion is jordan grace i think i've expressed my opinion on jordan before and the knockout tag team champions are the death dolls which is a i guess a free bird situation uh jessica Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. And, you know, Taya may be going back to WWE in the next few months. Who knows? Depends on what Triple H can offer her. And, you know, I like Rosemary. I like Taya. So I don't really know who, who Jessica is. Yeah. Uh, maybe so. Jessica Havoc. Yeah, Jessica Havoc. But they spell her name Jessica. I don't know how they pronounce it. J-E-S-S-I-C-K-A. Yeah. So all in all, uh, not a good night for wrestling if you were enjoying this show. Uh, I know AEW ran 
on Tuesday night because of special circumstances. I know NXT was running on Tuesday. And we night. want to send out our best to Adam Page. Yeah, Adam Page, get well soon, buddy. Um, yeah, that was rough. I saw that. Uh, I was at the United Wrestling Network Championship Wrestling from Hollywood tapings. When those matches hit the air, make sure you go out to YouTube and find them. A lot of fun matches, including Bad Dude Tito and Jordan Cruz and Danny Limelight and uh, who did he wrestle? Oh, Shane Haste, a banger of a match. Both those matches were a lot of fun. Make sure you check those matches out on YouTube in the next few weeks. Um Make sure you check out Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Their YouTube channel has tons of matches that are updated every single, seems like week, maybe every day. Um, but I don't have much more else to say about tonight's show, DK. I think maybe it's time to wrap it up. Well, Lord knows I need a drink now. I need something. All right. Hey, guys, uh, this is where I say thank you so much for being a part of the journey for the last 15 years. Some of you guys are brand new. Some of you guys have been here since day one. Uh, regardless, we appreciate you all for being here. Uh, this has been, even though it's a hard watch, it's always fun and cathartic to sometimes just be here to talk to you guys and tell you how I feel and read that I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. You guys feel the same way sometimes. Well, Okay. <laughs> we'll put a we'll put a pause on the crazy, but I know that at least I know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. You guys are here, and a lot of us all feel the same way. Hopefully, hopefully this pay per view really delivers, and uh, you know they start off 2023 on a very strong, solid foot. Uh, but we'll be here next week to talk about all things NWA. Of course, Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon, you can join me for the pre party. Well, we'll get you hyped up for everything that's going to happen on power. Of course, the other Alliance guys, Jeremy, Tim, and of course, Dave Scooby. Well, they'll be delivering uh, the other Alliance guys where they talk about NWA USA. They do uh, fantasy booking. They talk about the United Wrestling Network. If you guys aren't watching the other Alliance guys, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, they do a great job. Their show, their tone, and it's a little bit different than what you get here. Um, and they're all great dudes. I love those guys. And yeah, you know, course, we have devolved into two different shows, which is great. Which is what we was, which is what we want. Cause we don't want to give you guys the same content, you know, three, three nights in a row. So, you know, you have Jay talking to himself for an hour on Tuesdays. You got the other guys talking about another show that I don't know how good it is or isn't because I actually haven't watched it the last two weeks, and but. You know, with their UPN and fantasy booking and stuff like that, it's a very entertaining show. I have to go. I have to watch it after the fact, but I'll probably watch it tomorrow. <laughs> I listen to it on the ride home. Um, and again, those are great dudes too. Of course, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention we have new items in our merch store. Uh, if you want a new T-shirt, you want an old T-shirt, you want this hat, you can get it. We also have the old, uh, a brand new hat. That is also available in the merch store. Plus, we're going to keep trying to come up with more designs and stuff. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some shirts on hand for uh, Hard Times 3. If you guys are interested and want me to bring a shirt to you, let me know. I can get those and make that arrangements. Uh, but that's going to be it for us tonight. Again, we greatly appreciate you guys being here with us. And uh, make sure you stay tuned for more great NWA talk here at the Alliance Guys podcast and uh, the subsequent family members. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. Uh, hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait.
at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.